Welcome to the Best Picture Cast, where normally we deep dive a different Best Picture winner each week with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. Tonight we'll be doing something a little different as we're beginning a series of episodes where we invite previous BPC co-hosts on to talk about their top 10 favorite movies. So tonight we are bringing in a co-host who has been on more episodes than any other co-host, believe it or not. He was on the second ever episode of Best Picture Cast, and if you're a frequent listener, you are probably familiar with his voice. He is Best Picture Cast's own Joey R. Joey. How are you doing today? Doing great. Really excited to be doing this. Yeah, this is this is our, our beginning of this series. Joining us today as well to talk about this is none other than Grant Z, another frequent co-host. Grant, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I cannot wait to dive into these movies and... Uh... Do something new for a change. That's exactly right. And you're not in the hot seat today, Grant. Today you'll just be commenting on Joey's list and we'll be... I'm just throwing stones. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly all I'm doing right. today. And Joey, to be. <laughs> yeah, Joey, you're going to be talking about your favorite movies, your top 10 favorite movies. Now, I kind of view this as more or less, uh, we're not etching anything in stone. These aren't the 10 commandments here. This is a... A power rankings list, like anything. Right. Next month, you could feel a little differently about any of these. They could move up or down. You could see a movie that pushes in. So we're not locking you into anything long-term with this. This is favorites. I'm not asking you to do an AFI top 10 movies of all time. These aren't the greatest movies you've ever seen. These are your favorite movies. Talk to us a little bit about what went into assembling this list, and we'll talk about the rules a little bit as well. Yeah. So I went a couple different ways. I had... There was one list that was all these like real dark indie movies, and I was like, well, that's just not fun. Um, <laughs> and I, I had all like I, I went a couple different ways, but what I finally kind of settled on was, you know, I, I thought about what we do a lot and what we do well. You know, and I, I even looked at the list and I said, like, what what gets left out? And in the years we'll be doing this, what will never be talked about. So I settled on what will ultimately be Kieran's nightmare. <laughs> But a top 10 superhero movie list. Oh, my God. I hope that's a joke. Nope. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this was my for, final list that I settled on. For for people listening at home, Karen looks like Joey just ran over his dog. Twice. <laughs> and backed over it. Yeah. Well, listen. I said to you guys, you can do what you like with this list. And you, you did can, not think we'd do this. Uh, I, no. I mean, I wanted you to make it your own. And this is part of it. And uh, there were rules that I, I, I put out. And these are the only rules that we put out with this. The first major rule was is that you can't pick any best picture winners. We're going to talk about them all at some point. Right. We didn't want any redundancies. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was no best picture winners allowed to be included here. The second big one was that if you're going to pick a movie by a director, you could only pick one. Right. So you can't double up on director. If you, it, mm -hmm. you couldn't pick two Tarantinos right. and, and so on. I so. wonder how you did that without the Russo, uh, Russo brothers because they directed a lot. It took of them. a lot of maneuvering. Okay. Okay. And okay. remember, it's not, I didn't see all, not all MCU superhero. Okay. Okay. So I was wow. able to maneuver things. Only um, one Nolan movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I follow the rules. I'm a rule follower. All right. Okay. So it's so the, it's you're even breaking off a little bit from the the top ten series in in yourself. So yeah. let's, uh, that, that should be interesting. And I'm excited to hear about, about those movies. <laughs> the sure. biggest lie that has ever been told on well, this podcast. Well, you know, I'm just re-gearing. Re because, again, we don't share our lists with anyone here. It's, everything is, <laughs> is, is shaken out and dealt with on air. That's the, the best way we, we handle things around here. And sometimes it leaves you uh, in a little bit of a tailspin. So that's <laughs> what we're going through and right now. And sometimes it's your worst nightmare. Right. 
Uh, and I will just to clarify, like, it's not like I refuse to watch superhero movies. I've probably, I haven't seen your list, but I would imagine I've seen most of the movies you're going to bring up. I've seen a ton of superhero movies. They're not my favorite thing to watch when I'm picking what I want, what I want to put on. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm interested in, in how this conversation will go. And I did, if you've listened to Best Picture Cast before, you know, we start and end with a song that's relative to the movie or the movie title or, or some, some sort of thematic tie-in. And for these lists, I let you guys pick the songs you want to start with and the songs you want to exit with and do anything you want with it, make it your own. So what did you, uh, w- w- what led you to pick the, your <laughs> intro here? So it's, it's uh, Friends by Dragon Sound from the movie, the fictional band from the movie Miami Connection. Yeah. Uh, just fantastic, bad movie. In different iterations of my list, when you brought up the music thing, I wanted to pick songs that shouted out movies that I didn't get to talk about in the list. That didn't make the top 10 list, but I still wanted to throw out there. So... Friends by Dragon Sound, the great movie that everyone should go watch, Miami Connection, with the opening. Very cool. I like it. And before we get started here with the uh, with the old list, let's talk about, as we like to do here, what we're drinking today. And uh, Joey, you can kick things off here on your top 10 episode. Yeah, so top 10 list, top 10 favorite. I actually went and found my favorite Montauk, the Montauk Session IPA, the green can. It's been really hard to find lately, um, and I always look for it. And I saw it on my way here, and I got super excited. Felt like it was very appropriate for this recording session. Nice. I, I figured that would be one of your choices. I knew it would be Montauk. I don't know necessarily which wow. one, because I think that was the one you were drinking on the very first episode. Very first one, yep. I think this is the fourth time the Session IPA has made it for me. Nice. nice. Okay. Grant, what do you have today? Well, you know, talking about favorites, got one of my favorite beers here. It's from Kona. And it's the Hanalei Island IPA. Not a huge IPA guy for the most part, but this one's very good. It's very fruity, very nice to drink during the summer. You know, in kind of the middle of a heat wave right here, yeah. you know, in the in Long Island. So mm. it's a nice, refreshing beer. Very nice. And I have a, a series of beers that I've come to really like here from the Destile Brewery. I've brought them into the mix a few times here. And this is their Sour Series, their Wild Sour Series. And this is their uh, limited release for the summer. It's the Salted Watermelon Goes. So it's mm. a goes ale with sea salt and nice. coriander. So nice. very tasty, very light. As you said, Grant, it's a good cool down in the summer heat here. Those are always a hit, the wild sours. I've tried a bunch, and they always hit. Absolutely agree. Now you guys are both sour guys. Yeah. You guys yes. love your sour beers. Always. And I'm um, extra sour here that we're talking superheroes instead <laughs> of classic movies. But you know what? That's, that's how it goes. Now, Grant, did you know that he was doing this? Is this... I mean, I had an inkling. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm getting worked right now. Okay. All right. So, Joey, as we mentioned, you were on the second episode. And before we get into your, your top ten list here, I just want to talk a little bit uh, about the episodes you were on. We're not going to talk about them all in length because the list is too long. As I said, you've been on more episodes than anyone else. 17 Best Picture cast episodes. The first one was the second episode overall, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That was a lot of fun doing that one. The other ones were Rebecca, Going My Way, The Silence of the Lambs, Sound of Music, Mutiny on the Bounty, Roadhouse, the Sub-50 tournament winner, Halloween, the horror tournament winner, Birdman, Shawshank Redemption, that was our Thanksgiving special. Home Alone, that was our Christmas special. American in Paris, Cavalcade, Platoon, The Godfather, The Godfather Part 2, 
end grand hotel i'm sure there will be many more it's a good list it's a it's a it's a comprehensive list i'll put it that way Quite. they're very different movies on that one if you want to go back and check out joe you can get him on any one of those episodes i just listed he's also on both of our rankings episode we rank the movies at the end of the season when i go through that list what's an episode that kind of as i read them just stood out to you as a as a memorable episode or something that, that sticks out you know what's funny they all stick out for different reasons whether it's cavalcade that was just how is this here versus first watches of The Godfather and The Godfather 2. I have really good memories of all of them because they were all really fun, good or bad or indifferent. Um, I think Platoon just was, like, recording Platoon just felt like everyone was just hitting their stride and just nailing it. And that was just a really fun episode. The other ones, like Rebecca being the first three-minute episode, not knowing what to expect from that. A movie that had no, I had no expectations for loving. And I, I just remember coming in... And it was the three of us, and we had no idea yeah. what, the, what yeah. the other ones thought, and we all loved it. And I think that's just a really good episode that it was early on, so it was, you know, it just feels so long ago at this point. But, you know, those are it ones. Does. And, you know, it's the sound of music and, you know, already loving the sound of music and how much fun that was. And, you know, Birdman, he's done Birdman, had what I think is one of the best side things we've done, which was the Batman um, rankings. Ranking the Batman episodes, which, yeah, topical to what we'll be doing here today. As you mentioned, that Rebecca episode. This was the three of us. Yeah. It was the first yeah. three-man episode we ever did, so I think that's memorable. We're sitting in the exact same seats. Yep. Actually. Yeah, that's right. Same yeah. same format. Grant, when you look when you look back at the Joey R legacy on BPC, what what sticks out to you? What episodes of, of his that you remember that <sighs> that you got a kick out of in the past? I always I think Joey's legacy is exclusively tied to his LVPs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so Beauty on the Bounty sticks out. For his hate of Ellison, the whole Favol thing from Rebecca, I still don't know if I agree with. <laughs> uh, the Home Alone one, the Home Alone. That's where things went south. <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, that was a rough stretch. It was bad parenting. Uh. <laughs> the recast on there was the problem. The, reca- the, yeah, you know, the LVP re- was correct. Because re- you always recast the LVP. Yeah, so I worked myself into a corner. Yeah, you backed yourself into a bad corner. Yeah, I screwed there. myself over there, and I refused so, to change the rules. Well, you know, you stick to your guns. Yeah. You know, no, I think I think that's that's what it is. It's just so many, so many episodes, you know, but it's, they're all, they're all great, so. Yeah, the Ellison one is funny because it, we've gone on to reference it in so many <laughs> other episodes, you know, whether it's the rankings ones or just future episodes, and that was the Mutiny, Mutiny on the Bounty episode you did with Brendan B., my brother, as the three of us, and your hatred for one of the characters in that, and we just casually bring up Ellison throughout the the, yeah. the future of BBC. There has to be so many times people are listening and we're like, what the hell is this Ellison? Who's Ellison? <laughs> and why does this person hate him so much in yeah. long form sentences? I'll just say, like, looking back at, at the Joey R legacy, I'll always look at the Shawshank Redemption episode. Yeah. There was an ep- episode that was near and dear to my heart. We did, that was our Thanksgiving special episode. It is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, myself, you, and... Chris, Chris yeah. did that one, and we really, I was, that's probably the most nervous I've been for episode, because I didn't want to miss something when you're covering your favorite movie, and that's one of your it's favorite my, It's my too. favorite movie, too, so it's a lot yeah. of pressure, and that I felt it. We all felt it. Yeah, for sure, and I, I, I was happy with how yeah. we executed it. We did and, justice. And yes, yes, so I, I always look back at that one. For sure, and then the other stuff that you guys brought up, too, and then we have to mention, too, that you had never seen The Godfather. Ever. And you were our guinea pig going into those those yeah. episodes. And that, that was, was fun, too. Film. It's just a bummer. People are like, Godfather. I'm like, you have seen it. Yeah, we built up to it, too. We, built up to it. <laughs> we really right. built up towards a whole season of that. It really was just great 
Just great work across the board. Yeah. So go out and check Joey's work on any one of those episodes. He does a great job. He's one of the most thorough co-hosts we have here. He comes with stacks of pages of notes for these things. He's he's the ultimate preparation guy. So you have your notes again today. I think it's time we get to the list. Do we, uh, Granny, you think we're ready here for him? I am ready to go. All right. So, Joey, if you want to do a little intro to it, you've already done it a little bit, but why don't you take us to number 10 on this list? So number 10, 2017... Directed by Taika Waititi, Thor Ragnarok. Saw it with Grant in theaters. That's right. We saw it. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett, Mark Ruffalo, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, Tessa Thompson. I have probably rewatched this movie since it came out in 2017, at least once a month since. Um, I really love this movie. I think it's fun. I think it looks fantastic. I think it has depth. I think it's hysterical. It's a buddy cop movie through space with a god and a green guy. How do you how do you get mad at that? It's my it's my favorite Marvel movie. It's weird. It's not afraid to get weird. It's definitely the most unique out of all of the Marvel movies. It, it's not. I mean, the worst parts about the movie are like the formulaic part with with like Kate Blanchett. Right, that they had to hit the marks because when it's fun, it's just yeah. It's when, wild. when it's when it's Thor and Hulk and stuff like that, it's really fun and kind of wild. Yeah, but it's j- good. Jeff Goldblum plays just a million-year-old orgy-going cult leader. Like it's phenomenal. Yeah, he's like he's like the ruler of the planet, and he's like he has like a he has like a a, a sex spaceship and just an orgy ship. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, who's also a techno DJ. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you don't see a lot of late Jeff Goldblum too. He's kind of been you know he does his commercials here or there. He's yeah. kind of been in a little bit of hibernation here. Or, and then he pops he, up here and just he kills it. He's so it. funny. I love Jeff Goldblum. I do. I have not seen this movie. This is a movie that's been pushed on me a lot. Uh, Joey, I think you've been one of those a people. Lot, yeah. RDB is another one who who loves loves this movie and loves to try to get people to watch it. Director of Jojo Rabbit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taika Waititi. So Jojo Rabbit. He has a lot of other stuff coming out. Um, you know, it's really good, really creative, and goes different ways without being scared of going different ways, and is just okay being weird. Which I really appreciate because, you know, it has to hit the formulaic parts to hit the bigger picture. But mm. it's just a lot of fun. It's a fun, easy watch. If you if you catch it at the first minute or you catch it at the 65th minute, it's a blast. And this was the first Thor movie where it was really the first time you see Chris Hemsworth's personality shine through. 100%. Because he's a funny person. And Thor was such a, in the beginning, Thor was such a stoic character. And then um, they're like, oh, he can be funny. Right. So they made Thor more affable, more charismatic, and it really works. And it carried on into the next movies they did and yeah. everything moving forward, and it just works. Yeah. Now, this is the third Thor movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so, by far the best one. Yeah, because Thor, first one's fine, then Dark World, second, which is one of the... Probably you know, the worst, maybe the worst Marvel movie. Pro- yeah, when in ranking the Marvel movies, yeah. it's going to be the it's battle better. for the so bottom. Thor has your favorite and your least favorite, Chris. Yeah. yeah well, that that yeah. just is... Yeah. So, so. I, I have never seen a Thor movie. I'm going to sound like Francesca now. Uh, I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never uh, seen it. Don't want to see it. Uh... I'm familiar with Chris Hem- Hemsworth's Thor through the Avenger movies. So I yeah, have seen, right. I've seen those. I haven't seen a true Thor movie here. If you're so. going to watch one, watch Ragnarok. Right. right. Really it's, Start it's, with Ragnarok. And Anthony Hopkins is in it. And he's Thor's dad. Okay. Good um, cast. Yeah, yeah. It's, a great, it's a great cast. All right. So that was number 10 of your top superhero movies. <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. We'll make Kieran happy because my real list is not ten superhero movies. Oh, God. You had me. Good God. So these are your favorite movies, Kieran. Yeah. I made a fake 
list with all Spider-Mans at the bottom. Oh, you, really even, you even Joey with the list. That's a work right Joey there. Joey made a fake... Yeah, guys, a, guys, Joey made a fake list. This is how <laughs> thorough he is. With, with like, descriptions and, like, years and directors. You swerved me hard there. That's, uh... <laughs> I even came up with a new last song for this, just in, just in case you looked at my list. Thor would be my number one. I had to put the Spider-Mans to really, to really troll you in there. If that you is the list. That is what they call in the business a rib. You oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you ribbed me. You ribbed me good there. So I got I got worked, and so now we've now we've already hurt. lost the listeners who don't want to listen to the superheroes. Now we've upset the ones that wanted to hear your just superheroes. Pissing off everybody. So, I love it. Hit, hit Joey R up on Twitter. Joey, what's your Twitter handle? Joey0314. Joey0314 <laughs> on Twitter. If you want his actual yeah, I have list, list, DM him, tweet at him. He'll give it to you. He'll open that discussion. We can, we for can sure. post it on Instagram if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, my is, that, is that number 10 on your. Yeah, that's number 10 that on my number real 10 list. On your real so, that list. Once, okay. once I decide to put that on my number 10 list, I'd be like, oh, it'd be really funny if I did superhero movies. Oh, man, Kieran would really hate that. So yeah. then I decided to make a full so list. just do it. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm like, all right, on the flower, of just rebranding this whole idea. I guess. <laughs> like, is Grant going to give me, like, his top ten war movies? Or what is, what's going on here? So, it's all Star Wars movies. That's it. Um, so uh, for my real list, starting okay. with Thor Ragnarok, that is my earnest ten. Cool. Um, Number did, nine. Yeah, so what I did was, because I had different things, and we'll talk about a little <clears> bit about directors, because I thought about movies that, you know, I didn't try to get fancy, didn't try to get smart, it just... What movies do I like watching the most? Like, what makes mm -hmm. me feel good? What am I going to watch? Like I said, I did have a list of, like, dark indie movies. I had a list of horror movies. And this is the list that I feel like overall makes the most sense to me as a movie watcher. So my number nine is Fight Club, directed by David Fincher. Yeah. Okay, played the Fincher card at number nine here. You know, I was going between this. I'm going between Zodiac. I'm going between seven. Where I land on Fight Club, one, Chuck Palania is a favorite author of mine. I had read Fight Club before I saw the movie. I've watched that movie since I was 18 throughout the years, and as I get older, it hits me differently, and I think that's part of the beauty of that movie, that it, it, it kind of grows with you a little bit, and you see it differently, and you miss things, and what is cool when you're 18 isn't cool when you're 37. Yeah, this, this, is, a, uh, this is a great movie that, like you said, does evolves. I think it's partly because we kind of grew up with it too. Like perfect it, age. It, it, yeah, like we were in high school when it came yep. out. So yeah, I think it just kind of sticks with you. Funny enough, the first time I saw it was at your house. So I'm two for two on movies I've first seen with Grant. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Wow. And I, I think the other thing was Brad Pitt and Ed Norton have become two of my favorite actors where anything they're in I go see. Yeah. And I think that definitely... This is the nexus for that. Boy, the evolution of Brad Pitt has been super interesting since the early 90s when we were growing up and my myself was starting to watch movies. He's kind of aged alongside my appreciation for movies and watching oh, him absolutely. become a producer and, and become a, a, a guy who was more of a heartthrob into a, more of a serious actor into someone who would ultimately win an Oscar. Truly one of my favorite actors. He really is. There's, ne there's never yeah. anything he does that I'm out on. You know? And even in his projects that aren't my favorites... I'm always I'm always fascinated by what he's doing. Now this one this one is your Fincher choice. We we do need to just throw out there is we're not you're not necessary you may this you may be proclaiming this, but I'm not handcuffing you into saying that this is your favorite Fincher movie. Whether it is or it isn't, this right. is how you chose to represent him on the list. Right. And that's the idea about that rule, is that we don't want to just sit here discussing seven David Fincher movies. We exactly. want to kind of open the table for conversation to some more works. Same thing with the best picture winners. We're going to talk about all these.
Today we're going to talk about some movies we don't normally get a chance to talk to. Right. And it's nice to talk because, we, you know, we always do these deep dives. It's nice to talk about other movies that we just like talking about because that's why I think we all get so into doing this podcast because we like talking about movies. So yeah. Now, you, you guys said you saw Fight Club together. I, I Grant had seen okay. it. I saw it as house Is that a high school time. view or is that a college view? For me, it was high school. I mean, I saw it when it first came on DVD. So okay. I think I saw it going into college. Yeah, so this is yeah. a college one for me. This is a freshman year of college one, and okay. it's one where anyone who's gone away to college knows that there's like a, a bonding that goes on on the floor you're in. And with movies, this was one of the first ones that the group who hung out on the floor that wanted to watch movies together, this was one of the first ones That's cool. that we got together and watched. Another one was Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yes. And so, and I feel like those types of movies are, I mean, I'm speaking from a male perspective here, and, you know, I, I was at a college where we were, the floors were all male. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the, right. the, it was a, um, a Jesuit school, Fordham, and they have the floor separated, male, female. So we're broing out watching, you know, Scarface is on that list. Yeah, sure. Uh, South Park movies on the list. Sure. All, all, you know, those are all, all types of movies that we got to. And, and this was one of the first movies we watched. You know, my first, probably even my first month of college. So oh, you like are early on. Yeah, that's kind cool. of an important time. And it's... A fascinating first watch. It really is. It, yeah. it really it's one of those movies that's designed to pull you in on the first watch. Of oh course, yeah. And 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 bring you one way and take you another. So, but you know, I think for you know for our age, I think there was a, you know a couple other movies from that time that we all watched a million times in college that didn't age as well and didn't evolve. They kind of just stayed stuck. Evolve is a great word for this movie because yeah. it has evolved. It's 100%. the perspective of this movie has changed over the times that it's been out, which is, what is it, a 99? 99. 99. So it's been out for two decades. Yeah. And I think it meant something different to society then than it does now. But I think both of those meanings are still important. Well, it means something It means something different for me when you watch it as a teenager than you watch it as a an adult, like in your late 20s, early 30s. Right. And that movie is about people in their late 20s and early 30s whose life, basically everything about their lives has fallen short. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and their society wants them to go on what to be a certain certain way and it's not how it's supposed to be. It means way more, I think, when you're when you're older. Yeah. Right? Because when you're young, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to get a job, fuck you. Right. And it's like then when I'm coming here to talk about Fight Club after working in my office for 10 hours, it's, it's a little different. Yeah. Well, great right. choice, Joe. Uh, and a movie I hope that we get to deep dive at some point. Oh, you never man. know. Because while we're our canon sticks us to Best Picture winners... We do find ways, whether through social media tournaments, we have our sub-52 right. tournament going on right now, yep. uh, or through other means, whether they're holiday episodes. But yeah, we do find other Thanksgiving ways. Thanksgiving episode. Right? Yeah, we make those movies earn their way into the, but we make them into work. the conversation, but we, we find and a way we to. So. I think the best part about it is we treat them just like we would anything else. Absolutely. We, yep, go, we, absolutely. Go, we, go, full, we go full all in, and I think that's what, that's makes, right. what makes us as a group special. We yeah, go, so I hope maybe that's a movie we'll get to deep dive because I think that will be a fun one. But that's number nine, so let's talk about number eight. Joe, what did you have number eight? Number eight, 2001, Wet Hot American Summer. Directed uh, by David Wayne, starring a lot of comedians who are still very active. I mean, Bradley Cooper was in it, Amy Poehler, Joe Latruglio, Paul Rudd, Michael Showalter, just a who's who of people before. Michael Ian Black in there, too. Michael yeah, Ian Michael Ian Black, Black yeah. Chris Maloney, David Hyde Pierce. Did oh, you say Janine Garofalo? Janine Garofalo, Marguerite Moreau, Great Mighty cast. Ducks, just a phenomenal cast. Because I, I tried to keep my list kind of, I didn't want it to be comedy heavy or any specific type of movie heavy. 
you know, we kind of, with the director's thing, I was trying to keep different themes and I was thinking comedies. And I just love this movie. I revisit it so many times. I've watched the prequels and the <laughs> sequels. Netflix, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Paul Rudd's in something. I watch it now. David Wayne, you know, another big movie of him that I love so much is Role Models. Um, you know, he hasn't directed a ton, but what he's directed just yeah. crushes me. I love role models. Yeah, and I mean, growing up watching The State on MTV mm-hmm. they, always was, you know, important to me, even though probably if I went back, a lot of it went over my head when I was a kid, but, you know, it was... Oh, I'm sure. But I loved yeah. it. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I feel, I feel like if we had to do a top 20, it would be on here for me. This is a movie that just, it's a weird comedy... I love I love weird off the wall comedy and it's perfect and it's it never gets old for me it never, never it never gets stale it doesn't age somehow yeah. and even seeing Bradley Cooper twenty years ago watching where he is now versus where he is it's like that's amazing and he's yeah. just as great as he is there and it's really funny and just talk about I mean whoever the casting director is deserves just all the awards because just nailed it as you said it's just a a great cast. It's a movie I saw once and haven't revisited a long time ago, and I probably owe it a revisit, oh. but I, I remember enjoying it quite a bit. And David Wayne is, is a guy who, you know, he hasn't done a ton. You mentioned role models. He's more of a writer he than writes, a director. He yeah. writes a lot. I mean, he wrote all the state stuff. He, he writes a lot of movies. And that's number eight. It's number eight. Wet Hot American Summer, directed by David Wayne. Very nice choice in the comedy route. We're going to number seven. Yeah, number seven's a little darker. 2014, directed by Alex Garland, Ex Machina. Directed by Alex Garland, starring Alicia Vikander, Domhnall Gleeson. I can't say his name, and Oscar Isaac. What makes a person a person? Who's real? What's real? I think is all really interesting, really important things. And just the fact that it looks fantastic. The main actors, the, you know, well, it's pretty much four of them. They're all fantastic. Yeah. They all play their roles really well. Um, the scene where Donald Gleason literally cuts himself to make sure that, that there's blood yeah. will never not get a reaction from me. Yeah. And then even to the silliness of Oscar Isaac dancing. That, it's so weird because, like, it's so aggressive, the dancing, and it's, like, so, like, warped. Right. That's so dark. It's but just it fits really at the same is. time. Like, it works. Oh, it completely fits, yeah. And, but it's just, like, you're uncomfortable, but you're fascinated because Oscar Isaac's just someone who I think is fascinating to watch. He's great. There's so many twists and turns and watching and how much power she really has and how, you know, who's controlling what. And, you know, I want to drink whatever that drink is in front of that waterfall. Yeah. Yeah, Ex Machina is a, a movie that has been on my watch list here for the... Better part of the last oh, year. Oh, you haven't seen oh, it. Man. Have not, oh, man. Oh, wow. I thought wow. have. No, no. And it's one I've had. Karen, it's a must watch. Yeah, yeah, it got put off because I would get it confused with The Machinist, which I did not like. Oh, Christian no. Bale. no, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah, so no. I just hear it and I just, and I brush it off. And then, you know, you... you oh, dude, you. it's so, so good. I, I will say the director there is Alex Garland, who's also more of a writer than a director. He writes a lot of things, a, Yeah, seeing yeah. a theme here. He's a, a, an English novelist. But he has written one of my favorite movies right. in 28 Days Later. So He's uh, written a lot of very good Very intrigued. Only has directed, looks like, two movies. That's and it. This, this is Annihilation. Yep. Annihilation. And yeah. Annihilation's good. But he like a lot of things he writes, like he writes dark, he writes... Everything he writes is thorough. Um, you know, I like depth to things. I like things that you can watch and watch and watch and talk about each time more and more, and I think he nails that. So Ex Machina is, I mean, that's definitely a must-watch. It's just yeah, and a he fantastic did, movie. He did get a original screenplay nominee nomination for that, so uh, uh, for Ex Machina in 2015. He's got a promising career ahead of him, it looks like, which is 
which yeah, is interesting. So that one, i got to bump that one up. You, my you, you well, should. It's really, really good. And then we could talk about it for like four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's a lot to unpack in that movie. And every cool. time you, it's so much fun. It's not some, it's not some crazy time commitment. It act, it flies. It's it not is, long, but. and it's like real. It's like it takes place. It's contained in this in this one house in the middle of like Iceland. It's really self contained, and it's yeah. And a lot it's really, goes on. really, it's a if for a movie that's so complicated. It's a really simple and straightforward plot. Which really builds up the anxiety of it. Yeah. As you realize how layered it is, is just just really good watch. Very nice. Uh, okay, so that was your number seven. Yeah, so number six, we're going to 2009, my Quentin Tarantino movie. And this is my number one Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, I've been pretty consistent about this for a long time. It's uh, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. I, w- I would say probably, other than Pulp Fiction, it's probably most people's favorite Tarantino movie, I would think. If you if you take the people who who don't have Pulp Fiction listed, I would say that's probably next. That's interesting. If I, I had to guess. I was thinking Reservoir Dogs usually. That would be mine. That right. would be mine. The Reservoir but, Dogs is two for me. Um, yeah. But I just love Inglorious Bastards. Um, Brad Pitt again. Brad talking Pitt about again. Him. Yeah. Diane Kruger, Eli Roth, Melanie Lorette, Christopher Walt, Christoph Waltz, sorry, Michael Fassbender, Daniel Bruhl. And I could keep reading off people, but just really rewatchable movie. The beginning scene, I think, is an all-timer. Um, the ending scene also, and everything between. It doesn't drag. It keeps me interested. Everything that happens makes sense. Um, it's violent, which doesn't bother me. It's funny. Um, the scene in the bar, I think, is just one of the all-time tension-building scenes. It works from the second they, they're scouting it out from across the street all the way to the time walking down the stairs at the end. I think every second of it works. Yeah, the, the application of suspense in Inglorious Bastards is really the, the highlight of the movie for me because it finds a way to use humor. And, and, and Quentin Tarantino does that in most of his movies. Of but I yeah. think that he might do that best in this movie because I, I think I, I find myself, or I found myself on first view, more on the edge of my seat in this one than the other Tarantino movies. Okay. Yeah. I, I certainly was in Django, and I certainly was in Pulp Fiction. And Reservoir Dogs has a different kind of pace. This is a little shorter than his sure. average yeah. Tarantino movie. But this is one where I was very nervous this entire movie. And I think it almost even affected my, my experience with it, my oh, first wow. view, where it wasn't my favorite of his until I rewatched it and saw a lot of what he was doing, having known where the movie goes. So yeah. I, it's... It's a super different and innovative movie, right. for sure. Greg, what, 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 where does this land with you? Um, it is my number one Quentin Tarantino movie. It is for you, too. Wow. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, World War II and Quentin Tarantino, sign me up. <laughs> right, yeah. It's yeah. Um, and then a, a complete home run of a performance from Christoph Waltz. Mm. Career-defining. Yeah, it was yeah, Unbelievable. In, incredible. It's the, uh, the, the, the trope that I like is the, the really charismatic villain. Yes, and yeah. I think he plays that plays it perfectly. Yeah. And uh, uh, something about a villain who never loses his cool or never even really shows so it makes to be him angry. so much scarier. Is he angry at any part yeah, of the movie? When he when he chokes uh, Diane Kruger. Okay, yes, that's, that's, that's it. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's about even it. then yeah. he, he's angry, but he still maintains control. He knows he yeah. knows what he's doing, and that makes it so much. You know, listen, the villain who's legitimately smarter than everybody else, not just thinks he's smarter than everybody else, and then the him and Aldo show off at the end when you're realizing the similarities of those two. It's just, my yeah, God, yeah. it hits so good. Yeah, and it's not in my top three with Tarantino, and I think that that's probably a hot take. It's a personal take, but sure. what it is, it's just a preference thing. But 
I just have other movies of his that speak to me a little more than that one. I I love Inglourious Bastards. I don't dislike any of Quentin Tarantino's movies. I yeah. really don't. Like my least favorite Tarantino movie is is probably Death Proof, and I love the hell out of Death Proof. Yeah, you know? Death Proof so, is a lot of fun. It, it, usually, a director's weakest movie is a weak movie, and Tarantino doesn't have that. He's got a very very sound film. No, his his worst his worst movie is better than most. Right. Yeah. 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 So before we get to the front half of this list and Joey's top five, we mentioned the rules that we had here, one per director and no Best Picture winners. Joey, what were some of either the Best Picture winners or ones by similar directors that didn't qualify this that would have been considered had those rules not been in place? Yeah, so for Oscar winners, um, you know, episodes I've been on, Science of the Lambs, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, those are definitely would have been in contention. Lost Weekend, for sure. Gladiator probably more likely would have been in it. Um, Platoon, Deer Hunter, Sound of Music, Parasite, Casablanca, The Departed were probably the biggest, probably the biggest ones that were right off the list right away that would have been in consideration pretty seriously. And in terms of like other directors, but for Tarantino, you know, Reservoir Dogs, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Pulp Fiction, um, and Glorious Bastards is my number one for that. But for Fincher, Seven, Zodiac, Gone Girl, I really like. Gone Girl's um, good. Yeah. I love Gone Girl. And David Wayne, role models. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, it's comedy that I also just love a great deal. Cool. Um, All right, so let's get to, to number five here. Yeah, so number five is a movie I saw for the first time this year. It's a 1964 movie. I've seen it seven times since. I love it a great deal. Um, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Peter Sellers in three excellent roles. George C. Scott, Sterling Hayden, Keenan Wynn, Slim Pickens, Peter Bull, and James Earl Jones' first movie appearance. I saw the movie for the first time this year. There's not a wasted second of it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's perfect. Um, it's funny. It's serious. It's tense. It hits everything you want a movie to hit. And it does it super concisely. Um... Again, I've seen it many times after we recorded Grand Hotel. I got home because of the Jaeger that Oz made us drink. I was <laughs> wired up and I watched Dr. Strangelove at 2 a.m. Every time I watch it, I see more about it that I love. And it's just, you know, Kubrick throwing speeds I can't even figure out. It's yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, boy, and boy, Oz sprung that Jaeger on us like you sprung the, the superhero top 10 list on me. And they both went over about as well. <laughs> yeah, so you play the Kubrick card here. Yeah, so it, other in Kubricks, the number five slot. Right. Yeah, the other Kubricks that you would have yeah, considered. Yeah, so 2001 A Space Odyssey was on here. Um, the Shining. One that probably was closest to taking over. So, let me say it this way. If Doctor, if I didn't see Dr. Strangelove, probably the one on here would have been A Clockwork Orange. Interesting. Okay, well. I think all right, so, been, yeah. so this one is also one I haven't seen, and it is on my watch list. But it's a little different than some of the other ones I discussed with being a watch list. I kind of view this one as one of the best movies I've never seen. So oh, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing how I want to watch it very carefully. So this is not a... Because I know, I know RDB, who's who, you and RDB have a bromance over this yes, movie. Yes, we talk about it every time. Around the si yeah. similar time. I know RDB thinks I'm just putting it off, putting it off. I, I'm a little... I want to watch it in the right setting, at the right time, in the right mood. Because... It deserves if I, it. If, you, if, you, if someone came up to me in the street and just said, what's the best movie you've never seen? That would probably be my answer. I think that's the answer. I mean, yeah, it's so just... I'm, I'm looking ooh. forward to when we get there to talking about that with you. Because that is a Best Picture nominee, so it could find its way into the mix. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, one you've seen, Grant? I have not, no. Okay, so you're I in the same boat. I am unfamiliar, now. yeah. yeah. And, and Kubrick, God, I hate to say this, is kind of hit or miss with me. Like, I have some yeah. Kubricks that I love. 
I have some that I don't love as much as many do. Well, like, I, I don't like Barry Lyndon. Like, see, I do like Barry Lyndon. I don't dislike so it, yeah. but compared to now this mm -hmm. and the other ones we know, like, those I have at a really high level. Barry Lyndon is a good movie. I don't think I'd go out of my way to watch it again. If somebody was like, oh, let's watch Barry Lyndon, I would 100% watch it, yeah. but it's not my favorite. That's probably the most different of all his movies. Too. Which, that's, I think that's part of why I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it's more straightforward. Uh, definitely a super fascinating filmmaker. And love it. Nothing he's made isn't worth watching. 100%. You know, whether, you, whether you love it or you don't love it. Right. So that's number five is the, is the, Kubrick, the Kubrick card. Let's move to number four. Number four is 2016's La La Land. Wow, he's Whoa. going mega contemporary here, which yeah. is always risky with these lists. You know, you don't. And I'm fine. Yeah, how it's you, tough. You'll age with it, but and you're going high with it. Number four, going high with it. La La Land. We know you love La La Land. Yeah, so we know that. And I, you know, I've joked on this podcast way more times than is appropriate that when this comes up, I'm going to do a solo episode on it. I think I could do a three-hour solo <laughs> episode talking about La La Land. <laughs> I would listen, Joe. I would listen. Why do, you, why do you love La La Land? And more importantly, why did you pick a movie that, timeline-wise, you have such a recent relationship with, being that it's only, it only came out five years ago? Five years ago. ago. Yeah. So it's new. And I, the only reason I struggled putting it on, because of how new it was. Mm -hmm. And like that was definitely something I thought about. So but, what about it made you make that leap? So the first, I saw it in the theaters right when it came out, because... You know, one, it's Damien Chazelle. Um, Whiplash is a favorite of mine, and Whiplash, yeah, mine. you know, Whip, I love Whiplash a great deal, so I was like, okay, Damien Chazelle, I really like Whiplash, so musical, you know, Ryan Gosling, uh, Emma Stone, really, and J.K. Simmons, so this is all easy, so I go. I loved every second of it. I left, I saw it with my wife on a Friday. The next day, we went out to dinner or whatever, we went home, she fell asleep. I walked to the movie theater, and I watched it again. And I loved it more. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> Um, and I loved it even more. Yeah. And just, I think that it's a movie that you can watch and you're like, okay, that's fine. But I think you could also watch it and there's a lot to it. There's a lot of things. I mean, there, the American Paris episode, we talked about a lot because literally the end of it has to, they recreate pieces of American in Paris. I think Ryan Gosling's fantastic in it. I don't think it's his best performance, but I think he's really perfect in that, in that role. Um, I really like him and Emma Stone together. And I just think everything hits. I think there's a lot more to it than meets the eye at the beginning. I think the music's really good. Um, I listen to the soundtrack all the time with my son, and he just sits and hysterically laughs. I'm pretty sure it's sarcastic laughter, but I'll take it. <laughs> He's laughing at you. I'm fine, but I really, and that's fine. I just really hanging out with Artie. At the <laughs> and I gotta say too is if you've heard us before. We have different co-hosts on here who have different dynamics with each other. That's one of the things that we like about it. We have very we have larger group chats where there's a ton of us where we do our drafts. We have little sub-fractured group <laughs> chats where it's three of us kind of doing, yeah. our, doing our own thing. And where you and Artie are just like a, a, a tag team. You're high-fiving each other over Dr. Strange Glove. You're arch enemies when it comes to La La Land because yeah. he refuses to watch it. You are disgusted with the fact he refuses to watch it and, and it battles out. And the so. best part is he, when he gets mad at me, his like way of getting back at me is taking La La Land off his watch list. <laughs> <laughs> and it works every time. Right. And it'll think, okay, I'm putting it back on, Joe. Putting La La Land back on. Yeah, that, I, That's the carrot he's dangling. Yeah. yeah, it's hysterical. Honestly, he might not like it. 
I don't, I don't think he will. No, he probably won't. He's, not, he's, sure. not, he's not born with the Gene Kelly. The Gene Kelly, that's right. And you know, but yeah. I, th- I think this movie does have, because of the way it is, more surreal, I think, than other musicals. You know, other musicals you have to suspend reality because why are people doing this? Right. But this has, I think, it's a little bit more surreal, so I think it would be easier for people to suspend disbelief. Maybe I'm wrong because I'm able to go in and I don't care. Um, Great. Just, you seen that a lot? I have not. Okay. I have not. It is a movie that I saw... I, I, li- I like La La Land. I like it a lot. I saw it on the day of the Oscars. Oh, wow. So the, the day that it was up for Best Picture, I was amidst my mission to watch them all, and I knew that there would be a new one. So my goal is, like, it was, it was heavily favored to win. Oh, yeah. Uh, Damien Giselle won Best Director. Mm-hmm. I had watched in preparation, and I'm like, all right, Oscars are going... Tomorrow morning, I won't need to see a new movie because I won't have seen it already. And then the whole Moonlight fiasco happened. <laughs> yeah. And it won quote-unquote one, and then they pulled it back, and I went, oh, god damn it! (laughs) (laughs) It won for like 30 seconds. Yeah, so I then had to then go out and and watch Moonlight, which I also enjoy, too. Yeah, I think it's a good movie. But it's a big swing for the fences, La La Land, and it could have been a flop. (sighs) Could have not worked. It could have also been, and we've discussed this a million times with with both Birdman and and the artists, and it's kind of become a controversial term here, is gimmicky. It could have been gimmicky, and... Some people may still feel it is. Some people may still feel that it's pandering to the Oscars or whatever it is. I really just think it's a very enjoyable film. It's subject material that's been done before a million times sure. or whatnot, but I think the execution of it is true, and I think it lands. Uh, I enjoy it. I don't have it over Whiplash myself. I think Understandable. That you, you, took, you sacrificed Whiplash to put this on. Your, I did. Well, you put it at number four, so the, right. the stakes were high. Yeah, and listen, and, it was a hard sell because if I would... Of all the movies with two directors, Whiplash definitely would have been on here too. I'm not saying it's better, but I just enjoy it more. And if I'm going to watch something, I'm going to go. Yeah, it's a better representation uh, yeah. of your taste there. Okay. I think so. All right, so that was number four, La La Land. Let's go to number three, Joe. So number three is Swayze making his way to the list. Uh-oh. 1991's Point Break. Point Break. And I'm a little surprised it's not higher because I know you, <laughs> we all know here at Best Picture Cast, Joey loves it. Point yeah. Break. This is probably, outside of number one, the my first movie, this is, pro, this is definitely the second most movie I've ever watched in my entire life. Wow. Swayze, Keanu Reeves. The question is how many times do you watch it a week? I mean, he's pausing and thinking. He's like, "Well, it's more than one. <laughs> Minimum one." My love of point. I mean, I've seen this movie more times than is reasonable. It works every single time for me. I love every second of it. Gary Busey, come on now. And I'm a big John C. McGinley fan. Scrubs, Platoon. Yeah. McGinley's uh, great. Yeah, and I, I like think he, he's really a welcome good in presence it. in any movie. Hundred yeah. percent. Laurie Petty works somehow, which yeah. Um, and it's just Anthony like Kiedis. Yeah. <laughs> Fleet was Fleet. No, 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 no please Fleet. not in this. No, just Anthony Kiedis. Anthony Kiedis just you know they surprisingly just surprisingly effective, right? But but just couldn't fight, Tom so they Sizemore, had to cut Tom his. Tom Sizemore's in Tom this. Sizemore is yeah. really good. He's in this for like thirty seconds. Yeah. He's just really angry. Kiedis was is just such a nice guy. They couldn't even get him to fake fights. So they had to cut around it. Everything just works. <laughs> it's just a fun movie that they botched with it. That they had to do a stupid remake of Johnny yeah. Utah, right? Johnny Keanu Utah, Johnny yeah. Utah, one of the yeah. best, one of the best names in in cinema. In all honesty, and this is not a joke, um, when my wife was pregnant and we found out my son was a son when he was born, I wanted him to be named Bodie <laughs> to try to incept my wife. The entire time, you know, what do you call a baby? You don't know, male or female. I just called called him Bodie the entire time. Placeholders, <laughs> and I was yeah. just really trying to push that. She's like, no. 
I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave it up. But, you know, um, that's what Swayze's one of my like middle name. I know, but I went with me and my dad's name. Boo. Yeah. I know, I went boring. Played it, played it safe. Yeah. Um, so it should have been Utah. His middle name should have been Utah. <laughs> <That'd> be amazing. <laughs> and, but Swayze's one of my, uh, Bodie is one of my all time favorite characters. Okay. In a movie. And I, I just love it. And, and if you're wondering who that's directed by, it's directed by an Academy Award winning yeah. yeah. director. Catherine Bigelow. You cannot Catherine put her locker on this list. You cannot nope. put her, well, times two. Because you've used Point Break and because it won the Oscar. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. You have. You cannot uh, use Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> yeah. The fact right. that Zero Dark Thirty and Point Break are the same director. It's amazing. Is so, it's, it's beautiful. It's tremendous. Yeah. So number three, Point Break. Love it. It's a lot a great, of fun. It's a great movie. Yeah, just it's, a lot of fun. It's just so much fun. Every time. Yeah. Yeah, I love a, I love a movie that you can put on in the afternoon exactly. and just and just sit down and watch. It doesn't matter how how much glare is on the TV. Exactly. It, 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 it doesn't matter if the sounds not right. There's things going on in the other room. That's a movie you could just put on and watch. No, it, it's, it's a surf yeah. heist movie. That's Come on, it. yeah. It's well, it's like it's in the same category as Roadhouse, where I I, I call them like Sunday afternoon movies. Yep. Where like if they're just on, you're like okay, yeah, right. this yep, is we're doing it. this is what yeah, I'm doing. This, this is it. Yeah, this is what I'll put on, and then like you know. You're folding laundry or you're doing something around the house, like it's just on. And, and if you and don't, if just... you don't finish it, it's okay. If yeah. you miss the beginning, it's completely cool because yeah. you're going to enjoy every single thing. I've gone skydiving a couple times, and you know, the first time we went, it was pretty much everyone just yelling point break lines at each other on the plane ride up, and it was <laughs> that was one of the, the most... questions. Yeah. Could you hear each other when you were actually skydiving? Unfortunately, Mythbusters crushed that. Mythbusters went hard. But we're just going up in the plane, just yelling point break lines at each other, and it was just hysterical. And that's what I remember about that You're time. About to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Yeah. So I remember that, you know. And then when we started, um, our friend Anthony telling the the skydive instructor that he wasn't scared, and so that the, the skydive instructor then did a backflip out of the plane with him. Oh boy! Very uncomfortable. So you know, it was just good memories, and it's all attached to point breaks, something that's been important to me for a very long time. Now you just surf. And I have to think too. One of the most memorable parts of that movie those are those masks they wear. I mean, unbelievable. The dead president's masks. unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's iconic. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the that's, dead presidents are. Yeah, I think 100%. that falls under the category of being iconic. Yeah, I have to say, I went to a Halloween. I'm sorry, I went to a, a, a costume themed party once, and the theme was dead presidents. Oh wow! And the person doing the theme meant like revolutionary time presidents, <laughs> like we're, you right. know, with like the. Done up like Jefferson, and me and a couple of my buddies showed up with leather jackets and rubber masks of Nixon and That's, Carter and, and that, and yeah. we walked in. They're like, "What?" <laughs> they're like, "What? What is this?" Like, I say, what is? Well, that's one of those things. Like, you guys didn't understand the invite. No, no, no. you guys didn't understand the invite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, someone had a Carter mask. And he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was number three. Before we do number two, we're going to talk a little, just a few honorable mentions, movies that did qualify but didn't quite make the list. Yeah, so a couple movies that I really wanted here. Um, Moon, I think, was was a big one. A Star mm. is Born, Into the Spider-Verse, mm. Truman Show, um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Kind of hurt my feelings that I couldn't figure it out on here. Um, Nightcrawler, Sunset Boulevard, which is new. Cabin in the Woods, actually, I really wanted here. Old Boy, Toxic Avenger. Um, good movies. All good ones. Yeah, and other, th like, directors, because, you know, not to get too far ahead, but, like, I don't have Christopher Nolan in here, so I didn't have The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Dunkirk, Memento, Interstellar, movies I really enjoy. Let's see if Nolan, where Nolan landed on your superhero list here. <laughs> the fall. Fake number three. List. 
fake number three with the Dark Knight. Realistically, probably would have been number two. Yeah. But um, Boon, <laughs> Bong Joon-ho, so I said Parasite, but I also wanted Okja, um, which is something mm, yeah. I recently saw and just made me feel a whole lot of things. That's another movie minority I've really talked about, probably to the point of you guys' ears bleeding. Um, Darren Aronofsky, um, The Wrestler, Requiem for a Dream, and Black Swan were other movies that I was, um, you know, that I really liked, that I really wanted on here. And, you know, I don't have a Scorsese movie, so, you know, we're to right. Shutter Island, Departed, Casino, Cape Fear, Taxi Driver. Yeah. But Shutter Island was on here at one iteration of this list. Wow. Um, I, okay, I really like so Shutter Island. Two, two questions. Yeah. One, what, what was your runner-up movie? What was number 11? What, if, you know, even if you didn't settle on one, looking at it now, what's the movie that really just missed? Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind or okay. A Star is Born. Gotcha. Those okay. were the two that I was, just like, what am I pulling out to get in here? And the second question is, who is your favorite director that's not on the list? Hmm, that's, that's tough. The Russo brothers. <laughs> Honestly, um, maybe cry Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Probably just because I'm looking at the list that has the most movies. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to say Christopher Nolan. Well, okay. I'm pretty Very confident cool. in that list, yeah. Pretty confident in that statement. All right, so are we ready to do, uh, to do your top two here? Number two. So number two is 1985, directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's a movie Artie has yet to see. Back to the Future. Artie has never seen Back to the Future? He put Woody Allen as Marty McFly. Artie has not seen Back to the Future. (laughs) Has he he admitted to that, or are you just calling his bluff? I'm calling his bluff. No one who has seen Marty McFly (laughs) thinks Woody Allen is an appropriate recast. I can't argue argue that logic. Yeah, he's going to adamantly deny that. I think this may be the next big battle that happens here. Yeah, so now, this is a movie... saw when he was a baby. (laughs) Robert Zemeckis, if I could have put two... Back to the Future 3 might have been in the running. Um, because I go, you know, but probably I not also love Back to the Future 3. Um, but Back to the Future is, if, it's on TV a lot. And it was one of the first things that, like, when my son was, like, passed out on me, I watched and put loud so, like, maybe it would get into his brain to watch it and have fun <laughs> with it. But it's, it's just a movie. It's, it's, it's fun. It makes sense. I mean, you make fun of the Avengers. But in the Avengers movie, they, they even reference Back to the Future time travel rules. Because, yeah. you know, it has, it's really hit just cultural significance across everything. Hot Tub Time Machine talks about it. It's, it's yeah. an important movie that I think, I mean, there's a documentary on Hulu about it. Just And the documentary, it's not like, it's sort of behind the scenes making it. You know, when they talk about the early iteration of this was instead of the DeLorean, it was a refrigerator. A time-traveling refrigerator oh, and different God, things. Was it? Yeah. yeah. But then they also talk about the documentary. There's a lot of people who just like, this movie's really important to me, and here's why. And mm-hmm. I watched it, and I really related with people, and I enjoyed that a great deal. And mm-hmm. Marty McFly, is, I think, is just an all-time character. I mean, we're throwing around that word iconic a little bit. It's it's everything about this movie just just hits in all, in all cylinders. It is the perfect... It's an adventure movie. It's very funny. The, the, the leads are extremely likable. Yeah, um, perfectly like, cast. Like everyone's really likable. Uh, Crispin Glover's great in this. Leah Thompson is a cutie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Thomas Wilson is Biff. Just what a great. Oh, that, bully. That, that every time I see him like in anything now, I'm like, oh, it's Biff. Me too. When he was in Freaks and Geeks, it was just Biff yeah. as Freaks and Geek. Biff as a gym teacher. Yeah, um, and then it just it's is it is it the best time travel movie? It's not mine. Well, yours, Terminator. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a discussion to be had, though. Yeah, it's a discussion yeah. to be had, though. I think it's just, I also just think it's a perfectly cast movie. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I feel like Woody Allen has Marty McFly. Don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you don't like Forrest Whitaker as Doc Brown? <laughs> I mean, come on. This is like one of the earliest rewatchables for me. One hundred percent. 
Mm-hmm. It was it was one of those movies that just was on all the time. Yep. I could just I could I just as a as a young kid I just picture that clock scene. It's like oh, Back to the Future starting up again. You know all the clocks, the the cat's tail wagging, and yep. The, yep. And then the old the old there's, really, uh, there's nailing how important time is. The guitar scene knocking himself and that, over. That huge amp for no good reason. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 oh, nine foot tall. And, amp. and just you know the power of love, like such a yeah. good song. Yeah. And just Huey Lewis. Yeah, Huey Lewis in the movie is just the hard ass teacher. It's so good. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's it's great stuff. It's maybe a movie that we might explore in a future mm. best picture cast episode. I don't know. We'll have to see. But yeah, great, great choice. Number and, two, and amazing, amazing score. It's Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri, who does all the Avengers. Is it? Oh, yeah. Is it? On my fake list, oh, my right, closing right. song was uh, the Avengers War. Infinity War by Alan Silvestri. Yeah, great choice, great choice there. Number two, love that. It's time, Joe. So number one. So we're well documented. Shawshank is my favorite movie of all time. But this is my list. We've talked about that for three hours, so I wanted to talk about ten movies. My number one is what I think is the best score of all time. It is a movie I saw in theaters way too young, and then I saw on the re-release a couple years ago. 1993's Jurassic Park. Wow, number one. Number one. Number one. With a bullet. I've seen this movie every time. I, I continue. Every time one of the new ones comes out, I go see them in the theaters, whatever they are, and I love them. <laughs> I'm committed Ooh. I'm aware of what they are, and I love Ooh. them, and I can't wait for the next one. Sam Neill's coming back. Um, yeah. and I just think, after all these years, it looks good when so many movies from that time do not look good anymore. Yeah. It looks oh, good. It, it came out at the perfect time. Yeah, they, the absolute perfect time. They just nailed it. Um, it's Spielberg. Just really important movie that, to me, um, that I love a lot. My wife loves it a lot, so it's one of the ones that, as you may have told from this 19 times I've been on this, I watch things over a lot. I'm a very anxious person, and it helps keep me calm. Um, honestly. That's great. Yeah, and this is one of the ones that my wife doesn't roll her eyes at me. Like, when I make her watch yeah. Kingsman the Golden Circle for the 37th time, she's like, all right, I'm going to go do something in every other room, and she's go outside in the thunderstorm. This comes on, she's like, oh, Jurassic Park's on, and that music hits, and you know exactly what it is, you know when it is, and you're ready to go. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's nearly perfect, this movie. You I, talk about... Like CGI, the like one of the earliest iterations of the of this CGI that was used, and it could have easily you watch it now, it could easily look terrible, but oh, it yeah. still looks really good, and that's something that I don't I don't understand how that happens. How like like that that brachiosaurus in the you know when they first see it, like it still looks fantastic. It looks amazing. It, does, it looks incredible. And it just holds up, and you and you see it now, and you know when they because they put it out in theaters a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and. I, I saw it, but part of me was like, is it going to look as good on the big screen? Because I remember seeing it when I was I was nine years old. I saw it in theaters yeah, with my too. cousin, and it blew my mind. Like, literally blew my mind. So then I saw it again. I was like, maybe the big screen might expose it a little bit, and it worked 100% no, it the same way. Nothing. Yeah. And I remember leaving there like, being like, oh, my God. I feel like we saw that. We did. We saw it with our wives with together. Our wives, yep. yeah. Jurassic Park and its application of, of CGI, it didn't use CGI as the canvas. It used it as a paintbrush. And yeah. it had the practical effects there's, in place. There's only like five minutes of CGI in the whole movie yeah. total. They, they, they touched it up with right. it perfectly. It's the, it's the dawn, they the early, the edges. Part, the early part of CGI. Yeah. And they just touched it up with it. And it really made a difference across the board. And you'd hope that more movies moving forward are more practical with their effects. And some, some directors say that way. Some don't. Yeah, 100%. You know, others are just film the whole movie in front of a giant green screen. Right. 
but you know this. Some easy- of them may even be on that first fake list that you wrote. Yeah, but, uh- <laughs> but you know they easily could have just done an entire CGI movie with 1993 computers, and we would yeah, not we- be even considering discussing this movie. No. Like it would be something that would be in be- that we'd be doing in our under fifty. Yeah. Because of how ridiculous it looks and how bad it holds up. Because that's what some of those movies are. Like, oh, I like this as a kid, but it looks like trash now. And this isn't that. It's still just... It looks big. It feels big. The music hits. The actors all do exactly what they need to do. And Yeah, it's um, the use of the... Going back to the, the CGI, the use of the practical T-Rex head. Because every time, whenever you see the T-Rex head like by itself, it's just the head. It's not like CGI right. or anything like that. So like, the practical application of that was flawless and just like every spielberg movie there's well every older spielberg movie i guess maybe up until like saving private ryan this one's that's when he started to lose his fastball a little bit um after that after private ryan where you have these movies and it's just it's it's about it's more about the people in it than anything else spielberg always had a great knack Mm -hmm. of it doesn't matter what the subject material was it was always people the, the, the lived-in characters within the movie, people you like are in peril constantly. Right. And, and he you, makes you and like you him early. It, like, you, you give a shit when Muldoon dies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, like it sucked. And I, I, and I do remember, I saw this in the theaters, um, not with Joey, and, um, but I remember like having to like leave the theater for, uh, for a bit to take a breath when, when Newman got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was unsettling to yeah. me. Yeah. And you know, for a PG thirteen movie, yeah. that 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 messed with me. And it, it it's a wonderful film. And Joe, you mentioned obviously the John Williams score, which is one of the most lasting parts of this movie. Yeah, it, it's you, you'll hear it at ballparks, you'll hear it anywhere, at commercials. It's it, it's it's imprinted in everyone's brain. And the thing I have to just call attention to in this movie is Steven Spielberg. While he has more than one Oscar for director. He only has one Best Picture winner, and it's his probably his biggest passion project, and I'd have to think one of his most intensive projects in Schindler's List. Yeah. And he directed that the same, the same year, year he directed this. I know. It's How amazing. many human beings would be capable of making two of the most important movies of all time? Right. In and the for same very year. different reasons, don't get me wrong. I'm to, be able, to be Jurassic able to Park mentally process and compartmentalize the process of going from Jurassic Park to Schindler's List, like that would take normal people years yeah. to make that jump they couldn't be more different yet they hold such levels of importance for for different yeah, reasons right. and and it's just really From, it's just it's it's yeah schindler's list was also another one um in terms of spielberg is you know saving private ride i'm a big catch me if you can fan yeah it's a good movie yeah, yeah. i'm still I, I feel like sometimes it's not good but i love it <laughs> and of course there's jaws yeah yeah. Not yeah jaws. jaws and i mean jurassic park is just one of my favorite like lines when he says clever girl that will never not Better get girl. me i'll always i always say it yeah i think it's just fantastic it's just a fantastic line of just truly understanding a character like that guy's not gonna panic there should be locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors it should all yeah. be destroyed <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Mulder. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Well, Joe, that's uh, that's a hell of a list. Let's recap it from us down from ten, if you yeah, will. So, so with Thor Ragnarok, Logan, Deadpool. <laughs> oh man, this was this was about to be Kieran's nightmare, but we didn't go that way. Okay, so number ten, Thor Ragnarok. Number nine, Fight Club. Number eight, Wet Hot American Summer. Number seven, Ex Machina. Number six, Inglorious Bastards. Number five, 
Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Number four, La La Land. Number three, Point Break. Number two, Back to the Future. And number one, Jurassic Park. A great list, Joe. I hope this was a fun project this for you awesome. here. Yeah. It's, it's, tough to, it's tough to get yourself together and, and, and commit yourself to this. That's why we want to make it favorites. We want to make it power rankings. You're not locking anyone it's into a, this. It's a tentative change. list. And you yes, know what it is? Yeah. Because it's like, which way do you want to go about it? And, you know, I, I made an entire superhero list, which was honestly probably pretty cathartic for me, too, even though... It's not super real. It was mostly to troll Kieran. But, like, all these movies on it were probably would mostly be on it in some order, especially because I had to play with the Russo Brothers thing here. Mm. And I cheated. I chose I, one Russo brother for one. But, again, it's not a real list. So. Oh, I don't like that, Joey. Well, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not fight over the fake list. Um, so I cheated. But, yeah. you know, when I, when I settled on, like, all right, if I would kind of want someone to, for some reason, wanted to get to know me as, like, a movie. That's I think exactly this is, right. That's when, when I decided that's the list I went with, I'm super happy and super comfortable with every choice here. And as much as there's other movies I'd like here, like I'm re I think these all fit, these all work. And honestly, as much as I think the, the rules helped kind of navigate it because you, it was e able to open things up, probably the only one that really would have made it was Whiplash 2, but what the hell do I take off? So this yeah. made sense. Yeah, it's about what's a, a representation of you because exactly. you're a voice on this podcast you're commenting on movies often that you have to watch. You're being forced to watch or you're being asked to watch. And it's not so often that you get to talk about one that you truly love. And that was the idea of this, to get, to get an idea of the movies that represent each voice here and, and, each, and each person here and what, and what their tastes are, how they feel they should be represented. So before we say goodbye, I just want to ask or throw out there, as we're moving into, we're about a year and a half of this project now. Yeah. We did it. We celebrated our year in January. In January, you recorded your first breast picture cast episode in December nineteen. Yep. So we're almost two years since you've been doing this. How has the how has the podcast experience been for you? Uh, best picture cast as Joey R and being a personality here. How has how has the uh, the journey been for you so far? It's been a blast. I've honestly loved every second of it, whether it's watching the movies, researching the movies, talking about the movies. Part of it that I also love is the group chats, um, yeah. watching movies to get ready to hear you guys talk when I'm not on an episode. I, like Every piece about it, just fully, fully investing into something and putting effort in for something as you know a group to be great at. And I just feel like we keep getting better and better. And I've really appreciated, you know, you asking me to come back. Um, I appreciate very much people listening. And I just think it's been a blast. And again, like every part of it, I think is great. It's not just like, oh, I get to watch this and talk about it. Um, watching The Lost Weekend and listening to you guys talk about Lost Weekend is going to be something I will probably talk about for years because of how important that movie's become to me. Huh. And I wasn't on the episode. It was, oh, that episode's coming out this week. Let me make sure I watch it. And I'm blown away. And that's, that's what I think this experience has been special about. Well, dude, you've been essential to this podcast. I mean, I always say this to you guys as a crew that this podcast wouldn't be what it was without each one of you. But I, I really mean that with you, man. It's uh, not that I don't mean it with the others, but, <laughs> um, it, but seriously, don't, this, this, your presence here shapes this podcast to what it is. You're on the second episode. That episode really kind of it molded this thing into what it is today. Because we were just learning back then. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know what I was doing with Artie on the first one. I didn't know what I was doing with you on the second one. Grant, with you on the fourth one with Crash. Like, yeah. we, it was, that whole thing was a learning process. And yeah. each of your first episodes 
kind of added a little merit badge into what this thing was going to be. And you go back to that first three-man episode with Rebecca where the three of us sat Huge. down and did it as a group for the first time. But seriously, uh, anyone out there, go listen to one of the episodes that Joey's been on. Listen to all the episodes Joey's been on. Uh, he's essential to what we're doing here, both on the social media end of things as well as what we're doing here on air. So thanks for doing this, man. You did a great job. Yeah, this was awesome. And, you know, thanks for listening. Come to follow us, Letterbox. Tell me if you like my list and what you don't like, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. And where can people find you again on Twitter? Joey0314 <laughs> on Twitter. Um, most of my Twitter is movies, wrestling, and Bachelor. There so it is. I'm a very niche audience, but you exist. Come find me. That's it. And you can get us <laughs> at Best Picture Cast. We'll be posting all stuff about this list on there as well. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Check out our merch store. Grant Z here does a great job with all of the graphic design for the social media as well as the artwork he did yep. on our Get Yourself a Pint Class. Get Yourself a, a Coffee Mug. Comes out great. Yeah, a T-shirt, other clothing apparel. It's, it's great stuff. So we'll have a, a link of that in, in the description of this episode. Thanks a lot. Joey, play us out with another one of your favorite tunes here. Yeah, so little homage to Top Gun. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll 